program, hour number two, and welcome in to all the affiliates on the ever-growing Go Michael Sports Talk Network all throughout the great state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. We are broadcasting live. We are Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WisHD.com. Huge rally week in the hometown rally underway. Huge rally weekend here. And uh, like I mentioned, Cherry Pie rocking the stage tonight. you got bands all weekend long. Our motorcycle ride coming in here on Sunday. And uh, one of the guys that has been so good to grace us with his presence on Sunday morning after putting on a hell of a show on Saturday nights for the band Jackal, Jesse James Dupree. How you been, pal? What's up, my brother? I'm, I'm uh, good. I'm excited about this year, man. We got the crowds are just coming in so strong. We had uh, uh, record crowds for the first opening night. And yeah. lastly, yeah, just really crazy big. And, uh, you know, it's something that we've watched grow over the last year. I've been part of it now for like the last seven years. And uh, when you have... You know, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but, you know, like six powerhouse dealerships come together, and they all got great stuff going on, right, Right. all around the metro area. And, uh, they, you know, the bands, the food, the entertainment, just something for everybody. And then you got the the hog challenge. I'm a lifetime hog member. Mm -hmm. So each one of the dealerships have got their their hog challenge coins that you can you know swing by and pick up and then of course the museum's got a special little treat for the if you swing by there for your challenge coin with them and then uh and then we're with jackal playing I, you got to know i'm excited about that it's our 30th right. anniversary tour oh, i know that yeah, yeah people were geeked uh by the video that we had from uh, myself when i got to address your crowd which thank you very much uh and then obviously when we had uh, the video of uh, you cutting up the uh, the bar stool and stuff we <laughs> set that that's does that it never gets old does it it, it, that's like saying, do you ever get tired of uh, of making love? Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I got to go here and, and make love. Oh, God. Oh, God. I guess I'll go do this. Yeah, honey, here I come. Yeah. You, no, it's uh, not like that. It's like, you know, you're like, all right, baby, let's get this on. <laughs> let's get all up in it. Let's go. That's, uh, that's, that's what getting on stage with Jackal every night is like. It's like uh, going there to make love. I saw, I, I, first time I really kind of met and talked to your drummer, uh, Chris, and, and I told him I've said, I'd never seen a drummer. And I said it with passion. I said, I've never seen a drummer play with that kind of passion. He beats to hell. How many drum heads does he go through? Well, he, I, I think they're changing them every day and yeah. wiping that kit down and everything else, and then we mess it up. Uh, you know, it, uh, by the end of the night, it's, awesome. it's got to be cleaned up again. But, yeah, the, the, everybody in the band does great. I mean, oh, man, that's uh, great. Jeff, Chris, and Roman. And, uh, I mean, how lucky am I? 30 years, and we're, we still all get along with each other. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, just it, it, I, nobody else will have us, so we're, yeah. we're stuck with each other. I, Your son played with you, and I thought that was cool as hell. Yeah, Nigel. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. He uh, runs around being good-looking. He looks just like his mama or maybe his real daddy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I paid for him, so I'm going to keep right. him. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah. It was uh, so cool, but you, yeah. he's he's playing, he's jamming, and you kind of came over and gave him this little shove, and I well, said. That's an inside joke. Yes. And I'll tell you why it's an inside joke, because what, what you're referring to is he was, did the lead break, and right. at the end of the lead break, when it's time for me to start singing, he was in the center of the stage and doing his rock star thing, playing that guitar, and, and I reach up and grab his chest by the and just grab him on the chest, just push him back, right? You know, and but that's an inside joke because when he was 18 years of old uh, of age, he was 18 years of age, and um, and Roman had a death in the family, and Roman couldn't go to the show, the festival we were going right. to play, and it was like the day of, and I wasn't going to cancel on the promoter just the day before, right? Right, right. And, um, and it was up in Ohio. So I called Nigel. I said, where are you? And he's 18 years old. He's still in high school. I said, where are you? And he says, I'm at such a, one of his buddies' house. I said, I need you to get home and learn all of Roman's bass parts. 
So he came home that afternoon, and he worked all night long and learned Roman's bass parts. And then we went out the next day, went up to Ohio, and we played, and we did not cut one song from the show. Really? And he just nailed it. And, I mean, it was just, I mean, we did not miss it. The, the show kept the pace. I mean, yeah. it was everything just like, and we never rehearsed or nothing. He just jumped in and did it. But he constantly throughout the show was coming up and standing right in front of me <laughs> just got, his adrenaline his adrenaline was spiking right, you know right. and you know he had ten thousand people in front of him and he's just like ah! you know just and he's playing and uh but i it's I, the, the whole night during that show from when he was 18 i'd reach up and grab him by his shirt tail and just kind of pull him back right right you know and just get back over here you know and so it's always been a little bit of a joke so when, when he comes out and sets in with us which the crowd absolutely loves it yeah you know it's uh, to, to be able to go you know and you saw that with Eddie. And Helen and his son, and I mean, right. at various times it happens, you know, throughout the industry where you see a father and a son get to jam. It's, yeah, it, it, it's really cool. It was it was neat. I talked to him after the show when we all went back over to your place, and and I said, you know, I saw Dad push you aside, and he laughed. I mean, like belly laughed, yeah. and he said. Yeah, I need to know my place. Dad does it all the time. And I, I thought that was cool as hell. That yeah, was yeah. neat. That was neat to be able to share a stage like that with your son. And so my assumption is you started teaching him at a young age. No. No, really? No. He just grew up around it. And, uh, I mean, we, we'd be out on the road with Aerosmith or Nugent or whatever. I mean, Nugent had his son Rocco and uh, who grew up on the road. About, they were about the same age. And so him and Rocco would run around the arenas together. Yeah. You know, when we were out on tour of the damn Yankees and uh and Tyler, Steven Tyler would come and grab him and say, Hey, let's let's go explore or whatever. You know, they'd yeah. take off and go do stuff and, and uh, so he just grew up around it and he plays drums a lot like Chris and plays bass a lot like Roman and yeah. plays you know, he just kinda picks the stuff up. Uh, uh, uh you know, I'm a typical father, so I can you know, you, you get a father talking about his son and you're proud of him. Right. And, uh but, but one of the funniest things was when he was just a little fella <laughs> he was just a little fella, and um, and I was auditioning. I was doing a little side solo record that I was going to do, and I had a drum beat in mind that I wanted a drum. And I had this cool little drum part, and so uh, I was auditioning drummers, and I was trying to find somebody that had that groove that could play that song. And uh, and so these drummers would come in, and we'd rehearse and play some songs, and then I'd try to get them to do that drum beat and such. And they would struggle with it or whatever. And then we would say, well, thanks for coming over, and we'd be saying our goodbyes to them. And then Nigel, you know, little seven-year-old, he'd go sit down behind the drum kit and go, do, 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 right? do, 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 do. And you could see those guys look and go, what the? Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we, it was just so funny because – and then now he plays with me in my country band. And yeah. I will side fun. But anyway, so I'll shut up about that. But no, I, no, let me I'm ask a you proud this. father. I was going to ask. Thank you because you go from you know the the the, the voice that is Jackal, and the the the, the rocking that is Jackal. Country's a different animal, so to speak. It's still the same passion because it's music, right? You know, if I, if I was to go and do something separate from Jackal and it sounded just like Jackal, what's the point? Right, right, and uh, and the music that I'm doing, what I call my country thing, it's more traditional country, as you know. It's it's a it's a salute to, and a tribute to what I grew up on. Yeah. When I was growing up, it, the, it was what was coming out of an AM radio up in the front little speaker of a Dodge Dart, right? Dash, and um, you know the Johnny Cashes and the Waylon Jennings and the Johnny Paychecks and the you know those guys that yeah. they were the real hardcore badasses right and um so and then my uncle my uncle was one of the most biggest badass country guys ever he and i wrote secret of the or he had written 
a, a good bit of secret of the bottle, which is a staple in our show. Okay. Right. Yeah. And oh, the secret of the bottle. Right. And uh, but he um, he uh, my whole life I heard him singing parts of that song. I feel better when I'm drinking. Right. Just seemed, and uh, but he never finished it. And uh, whenever I finally was able to have success with, with Jackal and put the records out, uh, I sat down and finished that song and, and put some lyrics and some structure yeah. to it. And and it's one of the main staples of our show now. That's cool. And uh, but uh, but so yeah. But the, when I do my country stuff, it's a tribute to the kind of music I grew up on that that, uh, that whiskey drinking music. And and uh, and I've, I've written some songs with the Kentucky Headhunters and just uh, Charlie from Blackberry Smoke. Right. And so it's just fun to stretch out and do something different. And then uh, but nothing replaces what's going to happen tomorrow night on stage with Jackal at the, at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Talking with Jesse James Dupree of the band Jackal, which, like you had mentioned, is going to be down at the Harley Museum tomorrow night. Uh, an open concert, by the way. It's not like it's, you know, it's just free. whoever yeah. wants to come down and join, whether you ride in, drive in, walk in, take a bus, yeah, hell, however you want to get there, get there. Bring the boat. They've Some, got docks out back. Somebody's going to ride uh, ride off on a brand-new Lowrider ST, Harley-Davidson yeah. Lowrider ST, which is an incredible machine. And I, I get to be Santa Claus. You know, I mean, you've been on the radio you over the years. You've had a chance to give things away. And, Oh, yeah. You know, whether it could be a car, it could be whatever, I mean, or something small, but it's just always cool to have, uh, you know, we'll have 10 people on stage with us uh, from all over the country. They've, they've, you know, for the last six weeks, they've worked to gain their entries to be able to become a qualifier. We randomly selected 10 folks from Indiana, from Texas, from you name it, and they're all going to be on that stage with, right. with, with me tomorrow night. Uh, there'll be a bucket passed around. Uh, there'll be 10 keys. Uh, each one of the contestants will select a key, and whoever's key turns that bike and cranks it right rides off on it. that's fantastic and yeah so uh when we were out with you guys uh, the va has always been really big uh, as a part of your heart and which the, veterans the, uh, the have in general yeah. veterans military members their families you know but uh are the guys from the va here with you because i know the uh, the head of the va couldn't well, make the, it the, the, the veterans of foreign wars VFW, the vfw vfw yeah. and uh they are on the property over at the museum and they're probably at, a, at each one of the dealerships i mean all all of the six dealerships in in the metro all have uh, you know great support of our military and uh the the vfw is you know always seems to be at each one of the events that they do around the different uh dealerships and such but they are home basing off of uh, the museum and so if you get a chance to go by there and tell them you appreciate them they do a great job supporting our veterans they the the commander-in-chief which you met out Mm -hmm, in in, uh in sturges the commander-in-chief um he was with us in sturges and it's a big honor to have him on the property and he was in you know in the thick of it you know working and talking and helping veterans and recruiting veterans into the VFW. And um, and he was always up there until like the Tuesday. He got up the next morning, went and served breakfast to some veterans downtown, went to the airport, flew to Washington, D.C., stood there and made sure Biden didn't drop his pen while he was signing the PACT Act, which, is, right. which dedicated about a couple billion dollars to help veterans that have been exposed over the years to chemicals right. like the Agent Orange, right. which would probably be the most famous of... Yeah. What we would hear, what we yeah. would know, but there's other chemicals and exposure that our troops have, have had um, uh, complications from, and so uh, the Biden signed that in. So the commander in chief goes out there, standing there with him while he signs that. Then he gets back on a plane and he's right back in Sturges, yeah. 
and never missed a beat. Right. And then he was on stage with us Thursday. So it's a big honor to uh, Commander Tim and uh, and and we got the guys that that, that 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 Michelle, who's the state commander. She is a ball of fire. She's here uh, working the rally. She's out, actually out visiting dealerships today along with Rip McKenna. So I'm very proud of very proud of the job that they're doing and just do a, a real again the best job ever supporting our veterans. Well, it's going to be a fantastic show as it always is coming up tomorrow night. What time? Seven. Uh, Great. It's coming up. Uh, yeah, the show. So Royal Bliss is opening up. Right. Great band. They'll set. They'll set a high bar for us to have to jump over. So they're they're a good band. We're proud to have them on the show. And then um, also too, it's Jackal's 30th anniversary. As we were talking about, uh, I just before we left the house, everybody in the band signed uh, some CDs. So yeah. if you go to Jackal.com, there's some autographed CDs. That if, while they last, you could grab a hold of some of those. Awesome. And uh, we'll have the new CD available. You know, at the show tomorrow night, we got a song called "Get All Up in It" that was the first single off of it. And I just looked on YouTube here. You know, six eight weeks after from we, the time we released it, we got like four hundred thousand views? views on it, which is That's really cool. Awesome. You know, yeah. and especially you know, for, you know, for us to be doing it thirty years and still have people checking it out. Uh, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you: so the whiskeys, the bourbons, all the stuff that you do, because you, you. you just you talk about it being an entrepreneur. You got so much going on. So how is that end of it going? Because I got to tell you. You and I uh, shared a few after your 30th yeah. anniversary show, and you you turned to me and you said, "Here, here was the honey, here was the whiskey, here's the devil's devil." Yeah, and the devil's devil is uh, is cinnamon on steroids, but it's got a bite to it. But oh, that was good. It'll light you. Yes, it it's will. Good, it's good stuff, though. It's, uh, it's it reminds you of those jawbreakers we used to get as a kid. The the, yes! atom- the atomics, right? And the atom- and you'd put it in your mouth, and it, and it would be red, and then it would eventually turn white. But you'd have to take it out a minute because it get too hot. That's what we modeled the flavor over. But the the devil's devil's doing really great. The thank you for asking. Uh, we uh, we've got. In some stores around Wisconsin, you can find uh, a limited uh, five-year-old Tennessee whiskey, a black label, that if you can find that, grab a hold of straight out of the barrel into the bottle. And uh, it, it, it is truly, uh, uh, truly liquid America. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the, the railroad track sits about 15 foot from the barrel house, so five times a day the trains come through and shake the barrels. Tastes just like a damn Johnny Cash song. That's what it, that's what it tastes like. But, it's fantastic. Well, I appreciate you letting me get on here and, and invite everybody. And don't miss Sunday. The, the 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 job that you guys do with your Sunday event and um, uh, the Fisher House right. is uh, is is an, is so important to keep that going. And it's a big year for you guys. Yep. Yep. Fifteenth. Fifteen years. So that we're going to be celebrating that. And uh, you and I have yep. been together on that Sunday morning. Now I think this is four or four five years. years. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's a it, it's seriously. It's You're great for coming over. People well, love it. No, it, it's something that needs. To, needs to continue and continue, continue to grow like it does, and it's humbling when you see people. And so, there's not a more charitable bunch of folks that'll give you the shirt off their back than somebody that rides a Harley Davidson motorcycle. And when you see them come out to support the Fisher House, and 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 they're and, and they're a supporter of you as well because they know that 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 you're leading the charge, and that, and that obviously that, that this has integrity, you know, and you say it does, and that's good. So right. it's a good thing. Well, that's, that's good. But I appreciate you letting me get on here and invite everybody. Don't miss the show tomorrow night, Jack, right. at the Harley-Davidson Museum, uh, celebrating 30 years, celebrating rolling Milwaukee, celebrating Bill Michaels. Yeah, well, you, you're so gracious because you give me five minutes on stage yeah. to go out and do my thing, and then yeah. I come back, and then well, you we, guys we are gotta jacked make, up. I want to make Sunday the biggest Fisher House we are. We're, we need 800 bikes. I want to make it the we're, biggest ever. Seriously, yeah. folks, you make make the run out there. Even if you're on a tricycle, yeah, make make the run out there. <laughs> you don't. You know. You don't even if you don't ride, come out that morning because you get to support military members, yeah. veterans, their families. We're going to have state patrol, city, county, sheriff, firefighters, EMS, first responders. They're all going to be there. And I am determined this year. I'm going to find one of those police officers to let me shoot his gun. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Depends yeah. on what you're aiming at, brother. Yeah, I keep asking. Maybe one day they're going to hand it to me. So. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, Jesse James Dupree joining us here. We're going to stop uh, and talk with Brad Biggs uh, for the covering the Chicago Bears coming up. But, man, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate, appreciate you. It. Thank you for letting me inter- interrupt your sports. Oh, no. No, no. This is, it's so, you know, it's Friday, man. We got to. We motorcycle gotta riding the yeah. sport. Oh, you damn straight it, it The is. sport of motorcycle. You better, better be. You better, I appreciate you. Buy, ride safe. Enjoy the hometown rally, everybody. There Enjoy. Gathered up. This is what, what America's all about. Let's, damn let's straight. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We continue on broadcasting live with Wisconsin Harley Davidson out here in Oconomowoc. We're so glad to have you on board today. And uh, the Chicago Bears, interesting stuff coming out of Bears camp as uh, we continue our look around and finalizing our look around of the NFC North. Uh, interesting stuff as news breaks that uh, for 40 years, the president and CEO, Ted Phillips, uh, has been with the team announcing the retirement, his retirement coming up. Joining us now. Uh, the guy that's been covering him for as long as I can remember, our buddy Brad Biggs, uh, is joining us on the hotline. Brad, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Bill? Well, I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice, and it's good to talk with you. But uh, the breaking news is Ted Phillips is stepping down. Now, is this coming as somewhat of a shock, or is this something that's been in the works for a while? I, I think people uh, you know, around the building have known that um... – Ted was uh, probably going to uh, head into retirement in the near future, you know, with um, the Bears uh, exploring a new stadium in Arlington Heights being something that could keep him around a little bit longer. But 65 years old, a a long, long tenure uh, with the team working for the McCaskey family, and, and so he will uh, – he will retire in February uh, after the end of this coming season. So let's talk about uh, the team itself. I mean, the offensive line that's trying to protect Justin Fields is, you know, for all intents and purposes, not that great. And you've got a what's considered to be a franchise quarterback running for his life right now. So give me the thoughts on let's start with the offense and where this team stands now. Well, they've got a lot of questions on the offensive line, uh, and they've got questions at uh, at the wide receiver position. So, um, you know, how Justin Fields can perform is going to uh, be based, uh, in some part anyway, on on the protection he gets and the help he gets from his wide receivers. You know, they've got a rookie fifth-round pick, and Braxton Jones is going to be the starting uh, left tackle week one against the 49ers. Uh, they've got uh, a pair of second-year guys on the right side of the line and Tevin Jenkins at right guard and Larry Borum, a fifth-round pick a year ago at right tackle. Uh, so not a lot of experience uh, on that offensive line. And, and then when you look at who uh, Justin Fields is going to be throwing the ball to, Darnell Mooney is a pretty darn good wide receiver. Um, potentially, and I say potentially, has the ability to develop, to develop into uh a legitimate number one wide receiver in the NFL. I don't know that he's there yet, but...
but I think he's probably still getting better. Uh, next, alongside him, you got a cast of guys who, uh, at their best, would probably be a fourth receiver in a really good passing offense. Okay, you know, I mean, Equinemius mm-hmm. St. Browns in that group, uh, Byron Pringle, uh, the rookie Valus Jones. Uh, so they've just kind of got some guys. Um, and, and then, of course, Cole Komet, the tight end, he's going into year three. They think he can be uh, a little bit better. But there are fair questions about a new offense. But they're um, optimistic. They they like uh, Luke Getze, you know, who's been pretty measured in his comments and just talks about it being a process to kind of establish uh, an identity uh, as, as they get going here. So I know you mentioned Equinemia St. Brown coming over from the Packers, obviously, and, and what the weaponry is or there isn't. Um, so I, I guess my next question is, optimistically, what is the expectation for this team coming into the season? Well, you know, they, they want to be able to run the ball and run the ball better than they have uh, because they, they want to, you know, keep – they want to help the offensive line. They want to help the quarterback. Well, how do you do that? I think it starts by running the ball successfully, keeping your offense out of second and long, uh, third and unmanageable. Um, and, and if they're able to get the running game going a little bit, that makes a play-action passing game really work. A play-action passing game without uh, a legitimate and bona fide running game uh, is pretty worthless. You know, Your play fake isn't going to do a whole lot if there's not a a real threat there of the run. So with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, I think that, you know, this outside zone scheme that you've seen, um, you know, going back to what Mike Shanahan and, and then kind of sprouted off that tree, they're going to, they're going to try to work that here. Uh, and they've got their offensive linemen a little bit leaner uh, than they've been in the past. And, and so we'll see what's, what's the upside for this group this year. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I think they're going to be uh, particularly challenged by some of the better defenses in the league. But Fields has the athletic ability to make some plays on a weekly basis that are going to make you say, wow, you know, those those off-schedule plays uh, with his ability to get out of the pocket and kind of make things happen uh, that will be exciting for Bears fans. The uh, the defense, uh, you, you know, some changes. You, they cut a little cap. They move some guys around. Uh, they get Roquan Smith to at least seemingly be happy. So tell me where this defense is right now, especially after Khalil Mack and his departure. Yeah, well, they're, they're going back to the Tampa 2 scheme that they ran uh, at a very high level for a long time under Lovey Smith. That's what Matt Eberflus, the new coach, believes in. Um, so you've had some, some personnel changes there. I don't think that they have that three-technique tackle that's really the motor of that defense uh, to make it work just yet. They've got Justin Jones playing in there. He came over from the Chargers. Um, he's he's not going to remind you of uh, Tommy Harris, who the Bears had in that role uh, for a long time. Uh, they've got a lot of youth in the secondary. They used uh, both second-round draft picks on defensive backs. Kyler Gordon, the cornerback, who will probably play nickel for him. And Jaquan Brisker, a safety out of Penn State, who's had a pretty impressive uh, summer. Uh, so I think they're still trying to get the personnel to really make that defense 
uh, work. Uh, Roquan Smith could be more of a playmaker in this weak side uh, linebacker spot, sort of like Lance Briggs was for a long time under uh, Lovey Smith here. So I, I still think they're looking for parts uh, on defense in, in much the same way uh, they are on offense, but he's got, I'll tell you what, give Eberflus credit. You know, they've got a level of energy in the building right now that I think is real. And every time you get a new coach hired, you, you hear people talk about that. And sometimes it's, uh, it's just talk. But if you watched how this team performed in preseason, and I'm not talking about the results. Yeah. I'm talking about the effort they gave um, up and down the depth chart. And then you watch how they practice in terms of really flying around on the practice field. I think the buy-in there is real. Now, can it remain at that level uh, the first week of November if they're uh, three or four games under 500? I don't know. That's that's to be determined. But right now, I, I think he's got an energy uh, that you like to see from from a good defense. And so they could be uh, a little bit better defensively this year. But they, again, you know, scheme and X's and O's, all that's great. It, it really comes down to players uh, on game day. So I want to go back to you talked about Eberflus coming in as the head coach. Give us your thoughts on Luke Getze and what he's done. Obviously, we know him from here in Green Bay. Uh, but uh, what does Getze bring to the table as far as, uh, you know, kind of helping Eberflus out and running that offense? Well, I, you know, I think Getze's been impressive with um, what he's done with fields right now. You know, they got in and they, they just got down to basics. And I, I'm talking like basic quarterback fundamentals. Uh, footwork, um, changing up uh, how he how he drops back uh, when he's under center, and and just real, you know, rudimentary stuff, but stuff that matters and needs to be done correctly, and needs to be done correctly on every snap. And from what I can tell right now, uh, Getsy's got buy-in from Justin Fields, and if he's got buy-in from the most important player that he's coaching, he's got a chance to, to get better results out of fields because you look at what fields did last year. And I mean, statistically it was awful, awful. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at the numbers from, from fields a year ago and bears fans want to put the uh, vast majority of that blame for that on uh, the previous coaching staff. So we'll see uh, what gets he can get out of him. He's still a young quarterback. He's got a, a just a, untapped uh, natural uh, ability, but he's got to be able to harness it. Talking with Brad Biggs, covering the uh, Bears for the Chicago Tribune, longtime beat reporter. Um, real quick before I let you go, uh, the bigger issue, stadium-wise, and uh, whether or not they are or not going to move it to Arlington and what steps they're taking and such, give me your feeling as to what's going to end up happening with all of this before it's all said and done. Well, I, I, I think, you know, my personal opinion is it's a matter of, of uh, of when and not if they they move Arlington Heights, they build a stadium there as part of an entertainment district. They have not finalized purchase of that land yet. You know they've got an agreement in place, um, but it's like a 197 million dollar deal. There's a more that goes into that than I'd even be able to figure out. I'm not into corporate real estate, right? Uh, but 
eventually I would expect that deal to be finalized and that could happen uh, before the end of this calendar year. And then you go into putting uh, everything that goes into place. The huge question is going to be financing for a, for a new stadium. Uh, so the bears will then uh, own their own building. Uh, but, but we're, you know, that's, that's years from now uh, when they would open a new stadium there, I would think, 2026 maybe 2027 I, I i'd just be guessing uh on that but they're going to hold a public meeting uh in arlington heights to talk about the entertainment district and sort of unveil some plans next thursday uh so things are uh progressing uh slowly but it looks like everything has been positive toward uh them ending up eventually uh making a move and getting into a uh, bigger and better uh building Brad, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Look forward to talking to you throughout the season, and we'll chat again real soon, okay? Take care, Bill. Have a great weekend. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Brad Biggs, he uh, is the uh, beat reporter for the Chicago Bears and the Chicago Tribune. Been doing it a long, long, long time. Always a pleasure to get a chance and chat with him just to get caught up and to find out the Bears' perspective. Their Bears' perspective, always good. So uh, great to great to chat with him. For just a little bit. Uh, we are broadcasting live out here at Wisconsin Harley Davidson in Oconomowoc. It is the hometown rally weekend. Great to be here, and uh, hopefully, you make it out here at some point as well and enjoy the entire weekend and everything that it has to offer. All fired up today. All fired up today. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, Bill Michaels Show, on this uh, awesome Friday. Glad to have you back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Again today, yes, I was there. As a matter of fact, uh, a gentleman from Ewald Automotive, really nice man, came over and said, yeah, glad to have you back on the air in Milwaukee. And then he uh, proceeded to say, good luck with the ride this weekend, ride safe. And just a, a very, very nice gesture as I was leaving Quick Trip today. I really appreciated it. And uh, thanks to, you know, thanks to, you know, this, I didn't get his name, unfortunately. Um, and thanks to him for coming over and saying hello. But uh, thanks to our friends at Quick Trip as well for being a part of the program. Also, uh, they have some sponsorship out here in the hometown rally as well. If you're out and about, and uh, I love going to Quick Trip, and I'll tell you why as a motorcyclist. Because usually, 99% of the time, uh, all of their pumps are individual hoses. So when I go to put uh, premium gas in the motorcycle, it's all premium gas. It's not mixed with what was ever in the hose prior to. So you don't get a half a gallon or a quarter of a gallon of regular unleaded or what have you because it does take premium to uh, run the motorcycle. So you don't get the ping and the knock and all the noises in it. So love Quick Trip in that sense as well. There's many reasons to go, but that's one of them. And use your quick rewards card when you're there. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Um, got a couple. Of, there was an interesting piece that was done in uh, on PackersNews.com. And Pete Doherty had a chance to sit down and chat with Brian Gutekinst. And spent, uh, I, I think the article says he spent like a half an hour just sitting there with him. And uh, 
the offseason brought a lot of questions as to whether or not Aaron Rodgers would or wouldn't be back. Could he possibly be traded to the to the Denver Broncos? I never thought he would be. Okay. But when you start to think about it and going through all the comments and such with Mark Murphy saying he's a complicated fella and with what, you know, the $150 million bucks that was going to be guaranteed for $101 million and the short period of the contract and everything that they went through and getting it done and then losing Devontae Adams. And, you know, the, the question was posed, well, why did, you know, the, the, the Packers front office and the brass make sure that it was Aaron Rodgers that came back? And he said, we're chasing a championship. Having a quarterback playing at the level he is is probably the most important piece to winning a championship. We've obviously put ourselves in a really good position the last few years. A lot of, uh, of that is because of him along with some really good team play around him. For us, that was always the goal around here. I just think as long as he's playing at that level, which is rare, we have a chance to win this thing. That's why we did it. And which I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. He was asked, how do you view Rogers' contract as a one-year deal? Do you expect him to play at least to the guaranteed portion, two years, three years? Um, and Brian Gudikin said, I certainly think he's got a lot of football left in him, certainly beyond the contract. And at the same time, Aaron obviously has played a long time, and he has, and he's going to have some decisions to make year to year. I think that's how he probably is looking at it. I think every year we're going to try to live in the now and try to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Then every year we're going to sit down and chart out the best course. The last couple of years winning the MVP, playing at the level he's playing at for those of you who have been out to camp, there's no deterioration of physical skills. Everybody can see that. We're excited not only for this year, but for, for what he can bring to the table in the next few years to come. Um, you know, and uh, so it was. the question was posed then to, to Gudikins, so you don't think he's going to go one and done? And Gudikins said he's an interesting guy. I don't think so because I think he has too much good football in him. But at the same time, I know he's got a lot of other interests as well. He's played a long time, but I believe that he'd like to keep playing. And I do believe that the guys have reached a level that he has for as long as he's he has need to probably think about going year to year. But the indication was that Brian Gudikin seems to feel that Aaron Rodgers is beyond this year, has beyond this year. So, in the meantime, Aaron Rodgers today on Pat McAfee had this to say about the quarterback room and the team and, and a lot of the, quote, young energy. I feel great. I feel I feel great. I, you know, it, it is fun having Tom back. Tom makes, uh, makes that room uh, so much fun. We just have such a great rapport. We have years and years of memories, and most of them was when I was a younger player, you know, although he left, I think, in 20, after the 2016 season. So it wasn't that long ago, but he was my direct quarterback coach in the room from 2006 uh, through 2011, and a lot of fun, fun memories together. So having him back has been great. Uh, obviously, Jordan and I get along really well and have a great time, and it's been fun to watch him continue to develop and, and really hone his fundamentals throughout training camp, and then Danny Etling in the room as well, who's a read option uh, Samurai, you know he's <laughs> he's the man. Uh, it's a really fun quarterback room, and then Connor Lewis, uh, longtime good friend, uh, kind of Swiss Army knife coach. He does uh, 
he did analytics in the beginning, and then he was in the quarterback room, then he was out of the quarterback room doing special teams. Now he's back in the quarterback room, brilliant guy and a lot of fun to be around. So I love the quarterback room the way it is right now. That kind of sets the tone for the entire day at work. <clears throat> and then the team, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a young team. And there's a lot, a lot of fun with that. There's a lot of young energy and excitement with the guys. You know, look at, I think we have 21 new guys as opposed to last year, which I don't know if that, I don't know what the exact number is. That seems to be a little bit maybe above the, uh, uh, the mean. Uh, but I, I really enjoy uh, coming to work with these guys and, and the challenge of, uh, you know, reconnecting and, and raising up leadership and empowering guys. So there you go. That was uh, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee talking about the energy in the in the quarterback room. And it sounds like, I mean, to me anyway, I mean, that he is just really ecstatic that uh, his pal Tom Clements, a guy that he not only enjoys but respects, is back in that quarterback room. So some good stuff there from Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette and also uh, off the Pat McAfee show from Aaron Rodgers. Going to step away. We are broadcasting live out here at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc. We certainly appreciate you being a part of the program, and our friends at New Mail Medical do as well. Uh, if you got ED, you know it's got you down. You know that. They can help you out. If, say, uh, you're moody, you're tired, you're sluggish, you can't figure out why, it could be low T. They can help you out with that. And they also have a great, a terrific, all in yes, it works, an all-in-one weight loss program as well. That is our friends over there at New Mail Medical Center. New Mail Medical Center. Give them a call. They have locations, a couple of locations in the state and all really now, I think, throughout the country. And if you want to give them a buzz, four, one, one phone number, 414-455-4451. No matter where you're at, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That is the New Mail Medical Center. Go ahead and give them a shout. Again, 414 455 Five one. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have a few days off before reporting on Sunday and beginning the preparation for week one against the Vikings in Minnesota. Rashid Walker made the team. He's huge. Six foot six, a 324 pound rookie offensive tackle out of Penn State who was drafted by the Pack in the seventh round. Walker had to wait until the final game of the preseason to show the coaches and Brian Gutekinds what he could do against the Kansas City Chiefs. I was just kind of in my element. Like, I was ready. I was really ready like the week before that. You know, when I got when coach told me I was going in, shell went over my face, and I just got back in my mode. You know, like I always do when I'm on the field. So when I got on the field, I knew my assignments. I was like confident in my technique. I was confident because I've been putting a bunch of work in before I even got here. So I felt good. And you know, when you know what you're doing on the field and you're confident in yourself, everything the game is kind of slower. So I, I feel like that's what helped me get through that game. By adding Rasheed Walker, Brian Gutekinds was asked if he likes the depth of his offensive line. I do. I like our group. You know, I think we get obviously we've got some very established players in that room, and certainly the uh, the health of the two tackles coming back, I think, is obviously a big thing. But I think that uh, we have enough depth there, um, and I really like kind of the youth and, and what their upside is down the road. And former Packers defensive end and linebacker Tim Harris was inducted into the Team Hall of Fame last night. Along with Greg Jennings, Harris would shoot off his six shooters with his hands every time he sacked the quarterback and talked about his days with the Pack in the late 1980s. I played football going towards the ball, not going away from the ball. Now, And far as Greg realized that, and he put me in my dream position, just 
pin your ears back and rush to the quarterback and cause some havoc. And um, that's been a great job for me my whole life, just causing some havoc and then playing with all that. So I'm really very uh, humbled by this and very appreciative of this. And um, I'd like to say thank you very much. Good day. That's former Packers defensive end Tim Harris. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. For some of you, it's already here on this long Labor Day weekend. I can't believe we're into September already, but we are broadcasting live out here at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc. And uh, we are uh, now, we are uh, 24 hours and 6 minutes away from closing down pre-registration. We are approaching an all-time record, which thanks to all of you who have signed up for the motorcycle ride coming up this Sunday, we are approaching a record for the number of motorcycles pre-registered pre-registered that does not include those that just show up on sunday morning and uh, come in the kindness of their heart just to say i want to be here but if you want to get registered the only way to do so is to get pre-registered for the ticket and prize packages that were given away only for those who pre-register but you can still come sunday morning you can still register on site sunday morning you can still bring a credit card you can still bring cash you can show up you can enjoy the ride you can be a part of it we can't do this without you and we're looking to set an all-time record in the number of bikes and people as well so please come out this sunday mke brewing is where it starts ninth street downtown milwaukee and we hope to see you there. It's the beginning ride for Fisher House, Wisconsin, helping out our military members, our veterans, their family members as well at their, you know, almost most desperate time of need when they're in the hospital receiving care. And we take care of the families and friends and such. So please, please help us help them who have given so much for us. And it all takes place this Sunday morning at uh, 8 a.m. It uh, all opens up. 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then 11 a.m. kickstands up, and off we go. 9th Street, downtown Milwaukee. We hope to see you there. Uh, interesting comment from Brian Gutekunst in response to a question by Pete Doherty. Pete Doherty says, almost every year that Rodgers has been your quarterback, the Packers have been a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You have one Super Bowl appearance and win to show for it. What is your feeling about that? Does it leave you with any sense of, say, underachievement? Brian Gudikin said, I wouldn't say underachieving at all. Every opportunity you have a chance at it. It stays with you forever, specifically when you feel you've got a really good chance. There's only so many opportunities, and only one team walks away happy every year. When you have an opportunity to be that team, it's, you know, it's always disappointing, and it's those things since the time I started here in 99, they stay with you. I wouldn't call it underachieving at all because we put ourselves in position for those things again and again and again, which I think is the first step. It would be nice to finish it off this year, but at the same time, it's on all of us, the way we look at it, to make sure that we're in it each and every year. Okay? I kind of get that. I kind of get that, but then again, I kind of don't. You know what I mean? Um, I look at it as... You want, you know, going back and using the David Stearns analogy, you want the bites at the apple, no doubt. But then again, um, you eventually have to take home the prize. You know, the old adage is you don't want to be a bridesmaid your entire life. Now, they do have, 
in 30-plus years of great quarterback play, two Super Bowls to show for it, which is more than some franchises have won in their lifetime. But on the other hand, with so many opportunities, and you see others that have won it on numerous occasions, not just Tom Brady, but you look look at a guy like Eli Manning. Pittsburgh's won a couple with Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I mean, you start to look at that. Go back to Kurt Warner, you know, when Aaron Rodgers, his first playoff game was against Kurt Warner and the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. You know, you start to look at that and you say, okay, others have bitten that apple a couple of times and the Packers have only been to the big game once and won it, but the other bites of the apple have fallen short. So I, I, I know he doesn't want to disparage, uh, you know, anybody in the organization or, you know, past members. But they need to win another one. I don't think, you know, for Rodgers to say, I don't have any legacy, you know, I mean, for him to grow the legacy, he needs another one. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Stick around. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show broadcasting live at Wisconsin. Harley Davidson all coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.